the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Rachel Gilbert. Welcome to the London Free Press Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert. Neighbors in the Glenroy Road area of Pond Mills in East London woke up to a scary situation last Friday. A gunman allegedly tried to steal a pickup truck and then shot a man who was in a garage before getting shot by police himself. So today I'm talking with London Free Press crime reporter Dale Carruthers about the shootings to hear about the details and some of the witness statements. Hi, Dale. How are you? I'm good. How are you today, Rachel? I'm good. This is just I just said this to you kind of before we started. This is such a wild ride reading this story. There's a lot of twists and turns in this. Yeah, it's it's there's a lot happening in the story, a lot of moving parts. Um, It sounded like a pretty terrifying day out in the Mm -hmm. Pond Hills neighborhood on Friday. So how did this start? Police were called just after 830, like 840 in the morning on Friday um, to reports of a, a truck being stolen. Is that how this started? Um, I believe so. Yeah, there's uh, we've kind of pieced together a timeline using what the police have said, what the SIU has said. And uh, I've reviewed uh, emergency dispatch calls on the day. And uh, police said they were initially called to Edmonds Crescent, which is just a couple of blocks away um, from Glenroy for a reported uh, car theft involving a firearm. Right. And then um, a short time later, they received a report that um, there was a man running through backyards armed with a gun on Glenroy. So they closed off the street and they started evacuating nearby homes. While they were doing that, they received another report that a person was transported to the hospital with an apparent gunshot wound. Wow. So what happened there is a man was renovating his son's home on Glenroy Court and someone came in and shot him in the face. Uh, this is what his wife said. She was downstairs. She just heard a pop. She went upstairs and she thought that he had fallen off a ladder or hurt himself doing renovation. She didn't know he was mm-hmm. shot. And she had no reason to believe that he'd be shot in the morning at this home. So, And she didn't find out until she, she went to the hospital and the doctor told him that he had been shot in the head. He was in critical condition. He's now listed in fair condition, so his condition Good. is improving. Um, so then back to... Uh, Glenroy Road, um, the the suspect in the carjacking and the shooting, believed to be the same man, ended up in this house um, belonging to MJ uh, Macera. And she was in her house, just came back from a uh, night shift. She's a nurse and she was getting ready to go to bed and she saw all these police outside her home with their weapons drawn. So she pulled out her cell phone, what people naturally do, and started to film the police outside her home. While that was happening, she was shooting this video um, all of a sudden she hears this loud bang and a shatter. And what it was is the suspect had shot the back door of her house and come inside. So she hid behind a um, uh, privacy screen that separates two rooms in her house. And this guy is in her house now with a gun. You can hear him in the video. He's swearing. He's breaking things. She said she hid for about three minutes, contemplating what to do. She was thinking, should I make a run for the door? Is he going to shoot me? If I run outside, are the police going to shoot me? Um, Ultimately, she made a break for it, ran outside. Police told her to take cover, um, and she got out of her house safely. Um, About an hour and a half passed in the house. Uh, The suspect was in there. He was bleeding, uh, maybe from cutting himself on the glass coming in. We're not sure. There's a trail of blood throughout the house. I was in there yesterday. 
I saw it. Um, he had destroyed wow. a lot of stuff. Um, the woman thinks that he was maybe looking for car keys. He ended up in the garage, and that's where he was fatally shot by a London police officer. It appears as though only a single shot was fired. Um, the woman uh, showed me some surveillance footage and videos for cameras outfitted with them, so it kind of provides more details into what happened. I was able to like piece together a timeline and mm -hmm. uh, find a little bit more information about this. So now the SIU is investigating. That's the Special Investigations Unit. They investigate all cases of serious injury, death, sexual assault allegations involving police officers. And they've said uh, there was an interaction. A man was shot, and he was a 35-year-old London man. They haven't released his name. We actually still don't know his identity at this point. Um, and so London police can't really comment on the case because it's now an SIU investigation. Um so that's about what we know at this point. Do we know, uh, is the, the man that was shot by police, was he involved in the carjacking? Police say he's the same man. And okay. um, I uh, got a surveillance photo of him running down Glenroy Court at 838. You can see him in black t-shirt, sweatpants, no shoes, shaved head, um, which is minutes before the man was shot um, in Glenroy, uh, in the Glenroy Court home. And... Mm -hmm. uh, and then um, I also saw photos of him after uh, he was shot by police and it's the same man. So it's right. the same man involved. Yes. Um, and, and was there an interaction, do we know, between the suspect and the, the man, the victim that was shot in the garage? Um, we don't know because his wife was downstairs, but she didn't hear anything. So if, and if there was an interaction, it would have been brief. Um it didn't appear that there was any sort of struggle between them. Um, she said her husband wasn't even aware that he'd been shot either. Really? So yeah. And no, but we haven't been able, nobody's talked to him and, and he's in fair condition. He's, he's, he's going to yeah. be okay. It seems. Mm -hmm. I'm sure police have talked to him or plan sure. to talk to him. But again, the suspect who shot him has died. So. Right. Uh, I don't know yeah. Why. They'd be looking to find out. Um, okay. And you mentioned that the suspect wasn't wearing shoes. There was a lot of reports from people in the neighborhood during this time. And this is, again, within just minutes of people reporting that they, they're seeing this suspicious man. He's not wearing shoes. Where were his shoes? Where did he lose them? His, he lost them on Glenroy Court. Um, I spoke to a resident on the street who said the shoes were left in his driveway and police came and picked them up. So why his shoes came off, it's unclear. But um he was running down the street with no shoes, so he would have had no shoes at the time of the shooting. Um, uh, the emergency dispatch call uh, provided a description of him, and he had no shoes at that point, too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The truck that he tried to steal originally was uh, belongs to TLC Landscaping. Have they commented on this? Is, did, he, did he take the truck? Where's the truck now? Yeah, we're not sure that the truck he originally tried to steal belonged to TLC Landscaping, but... Okay. At some point, a TLC landscaping truck was either stolen or he attempted to steal it. it it's unclear. Um, wow. When I went to the scene Friday night, uh, about several hours after the um, incident happened, there was a TLC landscaping truck cordoned off by police tape outside the Glenroy Court home where the man was shot. Um, and the emergency dispatch call described the truck as a blue F-150 TLC landscaping with a black uh, flatbed. And so that fit the description. Um, okay. Ironically, when I was at um, MJ's house on Tuesday to interview her, um, TLC landscaping pulled up to the condo next door to do some work 
in the very same truck from the scene. Okay. And I asked to a, a couple workers, is that the same truck from the incident on Friday? And they said, yeah, it is. But uh, the company isn't commenting further. So sure. um, whether that was the truck that was originally stolen or it was a second truck that was involved, it's, it's unclear. There's still some details we're trying to figure out. Okay. Now, talking about MJ, and she had just, you mentioned, come home from a night shift. She's a nurse. She obviously went into her house. She saw this police activity outside, but still was able to get into her house initially. I don't know if the police activity was happening when she first came in. Um, Mm. This would have been at about quarter to nine when it happened. So, right, the the shooting just happened a couple minutes earlier. So it had just happened. So everything was moving quick. So she might have come home before any of that happened, was my understanding. Otherwise, she wouldn't have been able to get into her house. And so she was in there when he uh, when he broke in and said she was absolutely terrified. Yeah, she was really traumatized by it um, because uh, she didn't obviously. Expect it. No, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And with a gun to shoot his way into the house. Um, when I was there on Tuesday, his blood stains are still all over the house, um, including the garage from where he was fatally shot. Um, she had. Uh, her insurance company was coming to help to clean up and repair uh, the door and the window that was broken. But um, she's had to stay in this house um, with these uh, kind of gruesome reminders about what happened in there. And it's been really difficult for her on Saturday night. She found um, a bullet that was fired through the back door. It ended up in the drawer of a table. She saw a hole in the table and she opened it up and there was the uh, fired bullet. Um, so it was overlooked. Um, was that the suspect's bullet? That was the suspect's bullet. Um, the first one he fired into the door. Um, so she showed me photos of that bullet that she found and then of uh, forensic investigators coming to collect it. Um, and then a couple hours after we spoke on Tuesday, she reached out to me again and said she found another bullet. This one appeared to be an unfired round, um, mm-hmm. as well as a casing beside it in a spare bedroom. She was going to get her bathing suit Tuesday. In the spare room, she found that. So again, she called police and a couple members of the major crime unit came out and collected it uh, last night, she told me. So there was some overlooked evidence there. And I contacted the SIU and they said they're investigating the shooting of the man and London police are investigating um, everything else. So they said that would have been um, kind of their jurisdiction, the collection of that evidence. How so common is that 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 evidence like that, especially in a shooting when you're you're going to look for the bullets, the casings would be overlooked? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to gauge how common it is. Um, I know just speaking from experience, I've been a police reporter for um, 14 years now. Um, I've seen evidence left behind at scenes before. Um, I found evidence at scenes. It does happen depending on the size and scope of the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, these things do happen, but MJ was really frustrated by this. Um, mm-hmm. and she was, she was frustrated also with, um, the police response in the sense that, um, she thought they should have done more to evacuate her from the home. Um, but again, it's unclear whether police even knew the suspect was in her home at that point. So there's a lot of unknown elements. Um, yeah. Uh, was the suspect seen going through backyards or getting into her backyard at all? Because he came in through her back door. Is that right? Yeah, police said he was seen going through backyards. We've heard reports that 
he was cutting through backyards on uh, Glenroy Road, which would mm-hmm. make sense. That's where he entered through her backyard. But I mean, it was a very fluid situation. Police were trying to uh, evacuate nearby homes. So they were trying to do that. Um, so it's, it's, it's hard to say. But again, this all happened within act- literally minutes of, you know, it's a very it was a very short timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the bloodstains that that were left in her MJ's home as well, because she's she's also kind of frustrated by that. Whose job is to clean that up? Did she ask police? What do I do about this? She did. She did ask police and um, they told her they're not responsible. It is a common misconception that police clean up crime scenes. They don't actually do that. Um Typically, insurance companies do. Um, mm. Your insurance company, and that's what they end up doing. So she was frustrated that she had these blood stains in her house. Um, but uh, my understanding now is her insurance company is taking care of it. Um, and that's the procedure. Um, it's not police who do that. In your story, you mentioned, you write that she she said she's kind of lost a bit of faith in the police to, to keep her safe. And I, I noticed some of the comments uh, under the story a lot, some other people feel the same. Not everybody, of course. Um, do you think there's been a shift in that? I mean, just generally, there's there seems to have been a lot of shootings in London recently. And we've talked about this on our podcast before. Do you think a lot of people are feeling that way right now? Um, yeah, I, I see a lot of people saying those type of things online um, about how the city's getting more dangerous and um, voicing these type of fears. But um as the police reporter, I, I have uh, uh, some insights that regular citizens don't have. And um, London police, um, they lay charges in all, almost every homicide in the last was the last 15 years. They've laid charges in every homicide except for one. The majority of shootings, they uh, closed as well. Um, even a case like this, right? The suspect was uh, shot mm-hmm. and killed before mm-hmm. he injured more people. So um, people typically complain about police when um, something goes wrong, but they don't notice all the cases when things go right, right? All the cases they delay charges in when suspects are arrested, cases where they'll charge a suspect years later and just shows that they're always working these cases. So I don't personally believe things are getting worse and it's more dangerous, but that's just because I work so closely with police and see the work they do on a, on a daily basis. Um, whereas other people are just reading my stories and other news stories. Um, and so that then they're thinking things are just so out of control. But um, it's Commenting not... on one specific incident. Mm-hmm. Um, have there has there been more shootings this year compared to others? How, how do we factor on that? Yes, yeah, so, um, cases of gun uh, fire are at they're, I don't know if it's an all-time high, but they're near an all-time high. There's been 15 um, cases of gunfire this year, multiple cases involving injury, um, and a couple involving death as well. Um, so I don't know if it's an all-time high, but uh, it is pretty high. A couple of years back, there was uh, a lot of shootings as well, and London Police created a specialized task force to deal with that. So they may do something similar this year. I know tomorrow London Police are holding a press conference about a big investigation involving firearms. So it's something that's always on their radar. Um, but it's a difficult issue to police your way out of because often the firearms involved in these crimes are illegal firearms, right? Uh, often coming from the U.S. is a major source. So it's 
it's not just a London problem. It's a, it's a problem across Canada and in other countries, frankly, that play a role too, because the guns are smuggled in from the US often. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing London police often take a multi-jurisdictional approach to um, some big investigations. That's where they work with other police agencies. Um, and we're seeing that increasingly um, to tackle problems like gun trafficking and uh, drug trafficking, which often involves firearms as well. Yeah, absolutely. In this case, where does the investigation stand right now? So at this point, the SIU is investigating the actions of one officer, suggesting only one officer fired their gun. Um, it seems as only a single shot was fired based on the evidence that I looked at at the scene yesterday. Um, so the SIU typically takes several months, if not more than a year, to release their findings in these types of cases. And eventually that report will be made public and they'll determine whether this officer was uh, had committed a criminal offense by shooting the suspect or not. Um, there's been, this is the third uh, fatal police-involved shooting in London in the past decade. Mm-hmm. The other two, um, the police officers involved were cleared in both cases. It was uh, Samuel Maloney um, was shot in 2016 and Justin Barassa was shot um, almost two years ago, downtown London. And the police right. officers involved in those cases were cleared. Um, so we'll have to wait and see uh, what the SIU says in its final report. And that's when a lot of details will come out. These reports are really detailed. Um, But in the meantime, I'm trying to find out some information, too, and piece together the details. Uh, The victim is okay. He's recovering in hospital. And uh, we don't we don't expect any charges, I guess, in this case. Yeah, that's yeah. There'll be no charges in this case, obviously, because the suspect has died. Um, That would have been an attempted murder charge, Mm -hmm. um, seemingly. Yes. But that victim is getting better. The 53 year old man. Um, his condition was updated to fair yesterday. I'll check in later today. He underwent surgery on Sunday. Um, his family was pretty traumatized also from this as yeah. well. Like this is, he was renovating his son's home. And now was his son going to want to live in that home still after this happened to his dad? I, it's it's going to be a really difficult situation for them. There's a lot of people in this neighborhood are really traumatized by this incident. I'm sure there's even more people affected than I've spoken to at this point who had a brush with this gunman who might have run he may have ran through their yard or they may have seen it or just it's really shaken people when something like this happens it, it impacts the whole community it's kind of a it was, it's a quiet neighborhood like it's it's kind of tucked away so that you wouldn't expect this obviously it's in pond mills uh yeah it's, it's a residential neighborhood i mean i've been there for crime stories in the past but um it's no one expects something like this to happen in any no. neighborhood <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we know that you're still uh, investigating on your part, and we will continue to watch your stories on this at lfpress.com. Thank you so much, Dale. Thanks, Rachel. I appreciate it.